have economies led towards environmental policies Australia? A new book argues for a superchair approach to net zero. If the world economy fails to decarbonize, it will not be because of the cost. The gross investments needed to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 comes in enormous, a cumulative $275 trillion, according to McKinsey Global Institute, a think tank attached to the consultancy. But over a period of decades, the world would have had to replace its cars, gas boilers, and power plants anyway. So the additional spending needed to go green is in fact much smaller, $25 trillion, spread that over many years and compared to global GDP, and it looks insignificant but manageable, picking at one5 four percent between 2026 and 2035 and that is without counting returns on the investments. British officials have counted that three quarters of the total cost of the transitions to net zero will be offset by benefits such as more efficient transport and that their state may need to spend only 0.4 percent of GDP a year over three decades. The challenge of getting to net zero, therefore, is not primarily budgetary, but structural. How do you design political viable policies to ensure the transition actually happens? That is the questions Eric Lonergan, an economist and fund manager, and Corinne Sowers, a climate consultant, take on their new book, Supercharge Me, Net Zero Faster. The authors are not kind to economists, who typically want to put a price on emissions and then let markets do the work. Economists have, the authors alike, skipped a chapter in the textbook. They have focused on externalities, the demand should on to society when carbon is emitted, but they don't think about the elasticity of demand, the extent to which price change behavior. Carbon prices do not alter people's choice much when there are too few substitutes for dirty goods or when those substitutes are too expensive. High fuel taxes, for example, tend to provoke a political backlash against environmentalism. Things of France Juliet Jones, but do not much alter transport emissions. Britain has had one of the highest levels of fuel duty in the rich world in recent decades, not Mr. Norgan and Mr. Sowers, but drivers take up of electric vehicle has been unremarkable. The authors argue that getting people to make the big leaps needed to decarbonize, such as buying an electric car or installing a domestic head pump, instead requires extreme positive incentive for change. They love Norway for extending electric vehicle from road tax cutting their parking charge in half and, and giving them access to bus lanes. More than 90% of cars sold in the country are now electric. They propose big mortgage discounts for homeowners who retrofit their properties, and they want to stay to generously subsidize lending to green projects while exempting them from a range of taxes. To succeed, we have to fight on all fronts they write.